This podcast is brought to you by the Wharton School at the University of Pennsylvania. Well, once again, firefighters are trying to control massive wildfires in California. Reports say over a million acres have already been burned. Meanwhile, in the Gulf of Mexico, a pair of tropical storms, Marco and Laura, are readying to hit the states along the Gulf this week. The concern is once the first storm makes land there, that there won't be enough time for repairs before the second storm hits. All of this falls into the bailiwick of Bob Meyer, who's a marketing professor at the Warren School and co-director of the Risk Management and Decision Processes Center. Bob, great to talk with you again. Hope you're doing well, sir. Yeah, great. How are you, Dan? I'm hanging in best we can. And, and so I guess let's start in California. And this is, Bob, a little bit of a scenario of here we go again. The level of strain on, on California firefighting and hospitals and other systems ha- has just been massive. And the, the level of risk to have to deal with has been incredible over the last few years. Yeah, yeah. It, it's been kind of amazing. Just when you kind of think of that it can't get worse uh, uh, on top of COVID, suddenly now we're having to deal yet again with the fire, with the wildfire problem, which has just been, uh, it's always been an issue within California. But in the last few years, in particular, like the last four years, has just been off the charts in terms of the difficulties and the, the damage that it's caused and the, the challenges in trying to deal with it within California. Now, obviously, when we talked with you in the most recent past, we were talking about, you know, the concerns around utilities and and the electric transmission in the in the state. This time, it yeah. really is the weather. And you think about the heat and the lightning strikes that have occurred there in California, especially that side of it. Twelve thousand lightning strikes during this most recent run here. Yeah, absolutely. And, uh, and in some sense, it's what it is, is it's a little bit like whack-a-mole that, that basically, you know, suddenly when, uh, the Kincaid fire, for example, uh, was, uh, a couple of years ago was definitely caused by, uh, by human action in terms of failures of utilities to maintain power lines. Then all of a sudden you have a situation where, uh, once you begin having attention focused on that or what are things we can do to handle that problem, all of a sudden you return to the fact that, uh, uh, that warming climates and greater risk of, uh, you know, thunderstorm strikes and whatnot, that causes, opens up another sort of problem. So, uh, it's it's just if it's not one thing, it's something the other, and uh, and there's multiple things that cause these fires, and it's really very difficult to uh, keep track of all of them. And certainly in the weather one, thunderstorms and lightning strikes is not something that we have a lot of direct control over. Right, and, and, and I want to bring that up because, you know, you can get a gauge, I guess, to a degree of what the weather patterns are going to be a couple of days out, but when you have so many lightning strikes, it, it's not something that not only can you not prepare for, it's not something you can prevent realistically. Yeah, absolutely not. Well, I mean, the only way to prevent it, and I think this is where a lot of the thinking is going, is to say, well, we got to get people out of living in uh, wildfire-prone areas. Uh, that ultimately, at some level, you, you could sort of say, well, what causes all this? Well, it's people cause it in the sense that uh, that, that that you're having increasing development within very naturally high uh, uh, risk-prone areas uh, due to um, lightning strikes and so forth. And maybe in years back, in somewhat of a, a cool 
cooler and wetter climate, this wasn't an issue, and you could, and it was reasonably safe to start moving into these areas. But now we face a warmer climate, uh, and uh, with um, and the oscillation between very wet winters, where you have uh, growth, uh, increasing growth of of of, um, of fuel, and then in the summertime with thunderstorms, all of a sudden you have uh, a very serious situation. And there's no way you can control that. The only way you can control it really is to keep people out of harm's way, which is, you know, not encouraging development in these areas. Well, you know, the drought obviously has been a a primary problem for many years in in the state of California. We we mentioned about the impact from power transmission lines that, that led to the fires last year. And now there's even really some talk about a rethink of the California energy grid and and how to to do some of these uh, do make some of this electric transmission so that you don't have to you know have this as a as a significant component to these wildfires moving forward. Yeah, absolutely. And as I said, there's certain things that you could do. So, for example, you could sit there and say, okay, why don't we go ahead and isolate the, the utility line problem? Uh, and then what we can go ahead and do is sort of, if we if that was the only problem that we were dealing with, uh, then that represents a solvable problem. Then we could, uh, you know, rethink the energy grid. Uh, we could re- we have increased maintenance on utility lines and so forth. Uh, but that solves only one part of the problem. And that's sort of, uh, in some sense, it's solving the, you know, treating the symptom rather than the actual underlying cause, uh, which is the fact that you have people living in areas uh, in a climate which is inherently prone to these sorts of hazards. Um, uh, and wildfires have always existed within California. It's just within recent um, recent years or actually within the recent decade when suddenly this long-term hazard has now really exploded in terms of its impact on uh, on people. And suddenly we're in a lot of this, the, uh, uh, the, the measures that we weren't taking in the past, like uh, failing to maintain um, uh, utility infrastructure and whatnot, are really coming home to roost. And uh, so, so take, rethinking utilities is sort of one step. But then I think we also have to kind of think through other things. That, that once we solve that, then we're that's not going to solve the problem of thunderstorms and lightning strikes, yeah. uh, and that's going to keep happening. We're joined by Bob Meyer, co-director of the Risk Management Decision Processes Center. Uh, at the Warden School. Uh, let's talk a little bit about the Gulf now for a moment, because uh, this is unique aspect to this is that you have two storms basically ready to go with a one-two punch, uh, ready to have an impact on the on the states along the Gulf Coast this week. Yeah, right. So just as California is dealing with its own, you know, combination of difficulties, now you have the Gulf Coast does the same thing. And, you know, in, in both these areas, I should say, you know, you have this sort of combined problem where where's lurking in the background is COVID, where naturally what we do in these areas is we ask people to evacuate. And then suddenly when you, you ask people to evacuate into areas, now there's a health risk that we never had to deal with before. Um, but in this particular case, these two, so unfortunately, the, the, the latest news from the National Hurricane Center is that Marco seems to be diminishing uh, in intensity, so we may not have like a, a really serious one too. Uh, but all the models are basically having Laura being a, a potentially very serious threat. And uh, what scares me about Laura is the fact that it's following a, a path which is uh, 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 going from Cuba and into the Gulf and shifting west northwestward, uh, which is very very similar to uh, to the paths and the trajectories of a, a lot of the really great Texas storms and Louisiana. Louisiana storms 
in the distant past have had. Um, and so I'm, I'm personally really nervous about Laura coming up. And so we just kind of keep fingers crossed that maybe the, uh, that it won't be as bad as forecast. But it could definitely could be a very, very serious situation uh, over the next few days in the Gulf. And all of this is occurring in a year where we have this pandemic ongoing. And, and I can't imagine what it's like for, you know, all the insurance companies that are dealing with all of this right now and the extra cost that is going to be layered on uh, to many businesses, especially ones that, you know, are already struggling because of the pandemic. Yeah, absolutely, and uh, and it is the case that that for for traditionally these sorts of things like whether it's a tropical storm, hurricane, wildfire, it, it induces you know significant business disruption. And for a lot of areas, this is just going to be the the nail in the coffin. Um, I mean, they were barely getting by uh, with trying to struggle in COVID, and now on top of that, if you have to start talking about. Um, uh, uh, you know, either repairs or just suspe- you know extended business shutdowns. Uh, it's just you know it's going to be really hard to come back from. And, and likewise, insurance you know insurers also face a similar sort of problems that, uh, uh, for example, in it, what that I do within California, the challenges of wildfire uh, you know insurance are fairly significant. And then you add it on top of all of other things that insurers are facing right now. It's a it's a very really challenging time. Well, and then the other interesting, and maybe I should rephrase that, it's interesting, but it's it's a little bit scary, is that you also have going on, and I've read a couple stories about this recently, Bob, is that you have people having their homes looted while they have left their house, and maybe the, the fire hasn't reached that area. You're also hearing about firefighters having, you know, uh, some of their resources, their personal resources stolen while they're out fire, fighting fires as well. Yeah, absolutely. And and for example, I I also sort of saw that that in California, uh, one of the this is sort of how one thing leads to another and amplifies effects. Um, uh, within California, one of the they used to use uh, prison inmates as a way of keeping wildfires under control. Well, in an effort to uh, to help manage uh, uh, crowding in the face of COVID, the governor sort of had early release for a lot of prisoners. So suddenly, that that resource is no longer there. Uh, so you have kind of one thing all of a sudden precipitates something else where you think you're solving one problem and it basically amplifies it to cause the others. And uh, and then on top of it, if you have if you kind of layer on sort of the personal hardships of you know people trying to evacuate their homes because of a fire, immediately they go ahead and uh, they're worried about where do they want to go because they can't necessarily go to a shelter because of concerns about uh, about COVID. And meanwhile, on top worried about whether or not their home's going to be looted when they're gone. Um, and you kind of add all that, sort of the, the psychological stress layered on people is, is fairly formidable. What is this all going to mean for the the insurance industry as we move into 2021? Um, well, it's, it's going to be a thing where I think that last year um, uh, we were spending a lot, our center was spending a lot of time talking with insurers about the wildfire problem. And for a lot of insurers, wildfires are kind of the number one thing on their radar screen right now. Um, I, for all the different things you have to deal with, this is, represents a fairly significant problem because of the amount of insured properties that are, uh, that are out in California in very high-prone areas. Uh, and you know, and for the, for a lot of them, it's going to require a significant rethink as to what their exposures are, which which are now they're realizing are now much greater than they ever thought it was going to be, um, and uh, and trying to think through how to um, uh, how to get out of that. And 
And basically, for a lot of them, it's very much on the radar screen is how do we withdraw ourselves from these areas. We're joined by Bob Meyer uh, of the Wharton School. He's also a co-director of the Risk Management Decision Processes Center. Bob, it does seem like from some of the reporting that we've seen that there is a concern not only with, with Laura coming up, but just in general, the, the, the number of potential uh, tropical storms and hurricanes we could see this year. Yeah, this, this, fortunately, it's an interesting year that it's like near record-breaking in terms of numbers of storms, although the intensity has been fairly low. And so I think that, but right now you have to remember, we're just now getting into the very peak of the season. Uh, and uh, and what were sort of smaller storms that were somewhat weaker, I think the concern right now is the next wave of storms we're going to see, and Laura could be the first, uh, the harbinger of a whole series of these things, uh, could be significantly more intense. Um, so on, on top of everything else now all of a sudden you have insurers worrying about uh you know you know, windstorm damages and so forth. And, yeah. of course, this is also going to put a lot of pressure, renewed pressure on, on flood insurance, which is a federal government problem. Bob, as always, great to talk with you again. Thank you, sir. Yeah, great talking to you. Okay, Th- bye-bye. Thanks. Bob Meyer, Marketing Professor at Wharton and Co-Director of the Risk Management and Decision Processes Center. To keep engaged with Wharton Business Daily and other Wharton School shows, visit businessradio.wharton.upenn.edu.